Um, so we are here with Claude Silver. Uh, I'm going to let you say your job title because I'm really excited about your job title in a second. Um, but to interview you for the Moments podcast. So I'll let you start, if you don't mind, by introducing yourself, please. Yeah, thanks for having me. My name is Claude Silver and I am the Chief Heart Officer at Vayner Media. Perfect. And um, would you just tell us a little bit about um, what the Chief Heart Officer does? And also a little bit about VaynerMedia. Yeah. So VaynerMedia is a, a, a digital creative shop. It's built for the now. And we have been uh, very successful with content production for the you know Forbes 50, top 50 brands. We are located, headquartered in New York and have five different offices. And here you and I are in London. We just opened up Singapore. Um, and so that's, that's Vayner, VaynerMedia, VaynerX. And then chief heart officer, you would probably call me a chief people officer at other agencies, a chief culture officer, a chief inspiration officer, a chief operating officer, um, and a chief HR officer. I think if you put all of those things together and then break them all down and, and, and rebuild, you would find heart is at the center of everything that everything that happens with people, with human beings. So the heartbeat is our central uh, operating system as humans, yeah. and culture is the central operating system of a organization or business. So chief heart officer. Was that the advertised job title, <laughs> or did you get to pick it? Well, you know, there was no advertised <laughs> job title. This was something that Gary and I created. Gary Vanderchuk yeah. is our CEO and a incredible incredible uh, entrepreneur and businessman he loves branding yeah he and i always considered heart to be a substitution for the word hr or human resource and it made sense that i would then be the chief heart officer because i'm taking care of and working for all of these hearts all of these humans yeah perfect um and one of the things I was really keen to understand is often when you talk about vision for a company, it's almost like a destination, something that you want to be able to feel, think about, like smell, be a part of, and imagine what it looks like. Um, I wanted to gauge that from your role, because this amalgamation of all of these things that you talk of in the variants of HR job titles um, is probably some of the day-to-day in what you do today. But I'm sure there's a whole host of other things, and those other things are heading towards a destination or a direction for the people that work here. It'd be great if you could just explain, like, what does that dream look like? Mm -hmm. The dream looks like building, we have built the greatest human organization of all time, where people are thriving, where people are curious, they're creative, where people are happy, quite frankly, where kindness is rewarded. We don't have to worry about bullying or othering where everyone is going about their business and being the bigger person in every situation. So it's really, my, my idea of utopia is really an egoless uh, yeah. society, and it is utopian, I understand that. But where we're here to champion other people, and that's just 100% of the time, not 50% of the time. Yeah, okay. And I guess a little link to that would be around the experience that you try and create for people. Um, how do you how do you build a rich enough understanding of what they want rather than what you believe is right? Yeah. 
So I spend most of my day in one-on-ones with people and just taking in information and data, listening for patterns and, and surmi- you know, surmising them basically yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the, at the end of the month. I'm, I'm asking questions or people are proactively coming to me and sharing information. So I'm getting an idea of what's not working and what is working. I will always ask them a question that is something like this. If you had a magic wand, what would you do here? Yeah. If you could tell me one thing that could make your experience just that much better, what would it be? If there's one thing that is a thorn in your side, what is it? So yeah. I'll ask questions like that, and then I get the answers. And okay. if I get that answer in, you know, in a pattern, a sequence, then I know I'm, oh, I'm onto something. Let's make, yeah. let's make a move here. Yeah, yeah. Is there a standout one? Is there something that you, you kind of... Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I think one of the standout ones is that we need more manager training. Okay. We have, we've been around for 10 years. We have very young managers managing people. Yeah. And I think as human beings, and certainly as myself, a very optimistic person, I think, yes, put anyone into X position and they're going to succeed. That's just how I am. Knowing that you have to give people the tools. Yeah. You know, some things are going to be, uh, become easier to you than they are to Max just because you're organized in a very different way. Yeah. It doesn't mean anyone is better or worse. It just means that you happen to be good this way and he's good that way. So manager training, I think, is one thing. Feedback training, I do a lot of. I'm yeah. going to do it again here in London. I did it yesterday in the States. So, you know, what we want to do is make sure that we are providing for our people Yeah. And we are, we are um, owning up to the promise we gave them, which is you are going to get growth and development and at-bats and opportunities. You're going to work on some incredible brands. Your mom and dad are going to be proud of you. Yeah. And you're going to give us your time and your energy and your effort. And so it's, it's my job, as well as it's everyone's job, to make sure that we're living up to that. Yeah. And how do I know? Well, I ask the questions. Okay, cool. Um... So human motivation is quite an interesting one. Um, human motivation you have seen in Western world particularly where people's earning profiles have got better and better um, and it appears to have given more choice and pair that with quite a tight labour market. So lots of people have lots of job offers, more so than they would have done 10 years ago. It gives a lot more choice. So people can tap into more of what they want rather than what they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen are the main reasons that people want to join or be a part of your mission? So people are coming to VaynerMedia for a few things that I believe set us apart and differentiate us. One, we have an incredible founder yeah. who's you know, magnetizing, electrifying, brilliant, yeah. as I mentioned. Two... The work that we're doing and the way we go about the thinking to get to the work, I believe, is different. Coming from, I come from an agency life, yeah. and I, I believe that we are mixing media, strategy, and creative all together. We're alchemists, and out comes ideas that normally wouldn't, you wouldn't find at a creative shop because you don't have media involved. So you're yeah. coming to us because you want to be a part of that 
minestrone soup. You want to be in those ingredients and adding all of those yeah. things, you know. And then the third thing is is our culture and our people, and that's something that I'm really proud of and I hear about quite a bit. Yeah. They hear that we have a great culture, that their friend works here, their sister works here, and they want to be a part of that. And as we all know, people stay at jobs because of people. Yeah. They leave jobs because of managers. Go back to the question you just asked me, yeah. which is one of the things yeah. that you know, we want to always try to improve upon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, one of the fascinating things with the job title is the heart bit. Um, HR and heart from sharing two of the same letters um, what, what do you what do you make how do you make them distinctive like what makes you different and sets you apart in your ambition and what you represent within the industry trying to create an exceptional culture for the teams at the work here um, and the next one okay so for, for me chief heart officer what I'm doing and what my ambitions are and I love that you use that word is to bring more humanity back to the workplace. So humanity for me is emotional intelligence, it's self-awareness, it's kindness, it's tenderness, it's compassion, it's curiosity, it's patience, it's, you can go on and on yeah, and on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is intelligence. Yeah. It's just intelligence wrapped in a very EQ type of way, you know, where you are thinking of others and yourself. And my belief is that HR needs a rebranding. At some point, somewhere, they were asked to be police officers. Yeah. They were just asked, and so they did it. No one, I don't think no one set out to be in HR so that they could do performance plans for people or write people up or, you know exit people. No one, I don't think anyone wants to do that and spend their time doing that or compliance reports or benefits. So we need to rebrand, but in order to be rebrand, we need to fix from the, from the core. Yeah. You know, so there's, I, I, by the way, no better, no worse. Yeah. Chief heart officer, HR, like I'm, I'm, I get the luxury of being in the world of HR because those people already opened the door for me. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm I I, I walked into a role that was on that was I was borrowing it, if yeah. you will, and then it took me a little bit of time to make it my own. Yeah. And now I can say I do work in HR, but three years ago, two years ago, I never would have said I worked in HR. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And um, a question that you just prompted for me is a lot of human human nature is about togetherness. So the reason that we have won forever and ever and ever as humans is because we do it together. Um, one or survived, maybe a different debate. Um, but much of the policing that you talk of almost has set us up to fight our own fight rather than the collective fight. So performance appraisers about you as an individual, pay rise about you as an individual, uh, getting hired is about you as an individual, getting fired is about you as an individual. Um, be really interested to hear your thoughts on this um, almost like a sporting mentality so a sports team, a rugby team played a lot of rugby when I was a kid um, you would win together or lose together um, we claim that in organisations but it doesn't feel like we really live it because you still get hired or fired on your own and you still get a pay rise or your, and your colleague doesn't it would be great to get your views on that if you don't mind yeah, that's a big question and I appreciate that 
So human beings are wired to belong. We are wired to be in connection with one another, and we are wired to be in togetherness with one another, and I love that word. So that's just a fact, completely. It is our role, I believe, as leaders of companies to create cultures of belonging where people feel physically and emotionally safe. When you feel physically and emotionally safe, you are more apt to connect with people. You are more apt to let down your guard and become vulnerable with people. You are more apt to ask them how their day was, how their weekend was. I'm sorry your grandmother's in the hospital. Congratulations on, on getting... And care, right? Yeah. About the answer. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that, that psychological, physical safety and the idea of belonging leads to t- togetherness and connection, which leads to trust. Okay, I'm safe. Yeah. And then I care about you. Because yeah. if I'm safe then I can show you more of me. And you might want to know more of me. And all of that, I believe, then leads to teams, cultures that are set up to be resilient, accountable, democratic, autonomous, and full of longevity or loyalty. And that's a win. That's just a win across the board. And I don't think you can, I don't know if you play Monopoly, but I don't know if you can, you know, not pass go, not collect $200. Like, you, yeah. you must, you must create cultures that are connected. Yeah. You don't get to just hop into a team and all of a sudden trust one another. You yeah. just don't. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, humans aren't... Yeah, especially when the system's built for you to win and lose on your own. Exactly. That, that's exactly right. Whereas... You know, I, the, the sports analogy is absolutely spot on. The military does yeah, the same you thing. Yeah, campaign around belonging for the UK Army. I don't know if you. Ever I saw haven't, it. but I'd love to see it. it. Was, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, Simon Sinek, leaders eat last. Yeah. So yes, uh, it is. A, it's it's a really what you've just described is the the micro macro. Yeah. And that's something we always have to think about in companies. Like, you are coming to me because you care about you. I am listening to you because, A, I care about you, but I know whatever you tell me is going on in a macro sense. Yeah. So I'm listening with both ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Ready for the next question. Um, and this one makes a lot of this early part of the conversation really hard, which is scale. So a lot of companies, um, so we're reasonably small. Um, everybody starts out reasonably small. And life is... If you actively manage it, it's somewhat easier. Connection, mm-hmm. you're all in one place, you all know what you're all working on, and then you add 50 people, or 100 people, or another office location, or 1,000 people, and it starts to get complicated. It's hard in a 100,000 organization to have genuine connection with the person, if you work in sales in London, to somebody in finance in Sydney. It's, it's very, very hard. Like, how, how are you managing the scale here now in multiple offices and approaching a 1,000 people pretty quickly? The greatest thing is that I know it's, it's not my job alone. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the greatest thing, which yeah. is two things. One, every single person here is responsible for the culture yeah. and cultivating the culture. And the way they bring themselves in every single day is going to contribute to that culture in a positive or a not-so-positive way. Yeah. 
That's the first thing. So I don't have the heaviness every day of like, oh my God, I'm going to fail. Yowza, I stubbed my toe. (laughs) You know, I don't have that. I think that's the first thing that alleviates me from some of my, some of the drama that I could have and allows me to go to sleep at night. That's the first thing. And that's what I have to do. More than anything though, I have teams in all locations. There are people here that are, have been here for quite some time or just get us and they understand what our ethos is. They understand that we want to be a place of collaboration and that means we come from a we not I. They'll go the extra mile to take someone for coffee. They're, they have, they're drinking the water. Yeah. You know, notice I don't say Kool-Aid. They're drinking (laughs) the water and I can trust them. Yeah. Which is great. And so I call them culture champions and they're everywhere. Yeah, and they're everywhere but the onus is on those locations to take whatever budget they have and to make magic happen yeah. and that doesn't mean getting a keg of beer every night yeah. you know that also means doing something that is going to speak to everyone here whether or not that is going and playing a game of rugby or cricket or yeah. kickball or yoga or bringing massages in yeah. uh, or just recognition yeah so that, that's really how I scale. And I, I, obviously we use tech yep. to scale. And obviously I travel or else I wouldn't be here in this office. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're just we're connected. Now, that's not going to be as easy when we get to 1,500 people in more geographic locations. And especially yeah. geographic locations that have very distinct cultures. Like London, I can still do. Yeah. You know, I lived in London for four years. I know London. I know I know the people in London. Yeah. In 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 Western Europe, but you know, you get us to some other cultures, and it'll be very different. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We um we think of the things that you mentioned in terms of moments. So moments of interaction bring people together. Um, do you think you do anything extraordinary to enable the teams here? To, so budget is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So um, having the availability and the empowerment to spend makes a big difference because you've got a bunch of creative people that could probably come up with a few ideas as to how to make that fun, interactive, interesting, bring people together. Do you think you do anything different when you talk to your peers in a HR context? Do you think you're, you're actively promoting something different? Is there a secret source in there? So I do think there's a secret sauce, but I think it's one that I'm going to share. Okay. You're right. Moments and micro moments is where the learning happens. It's where the aha happens. It's where life happens. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. We do something called surprise and delight here. It's been in our culture since day one. And that means you are, quite frankly, surprising and delighting and recognizing a person, a team, an entire office. Yeah. And that, you know, sends people laughing and smiling and taking photos on Instagram. We also do something really, it's it's amazing. We celebrate Vayniversaries. So your anniversary, your start date. Yeah. And so today we had two people, two people in the States, their anniversary is seven years. Wow, okay. So not only did they get a note from me and Gary, we've already purchased them a very personalized gift, each and every one of them, based yeah. on what we know they like. And how do we know what they like? Well, we spend time with them. Yeah. A. B. 
were on social. So one of them might get, she loves to travel. She might get an Airbnb certificate. Yeah. Yeah. So those are ways to bring those micro moments to life in a way that makes someone feel good. Yeah. yeah. And that feeling, a feeling good spreads like wildfire. And, you know, the, when you give someone attention yeah. and you receive attention, like we're doing right now, yeah. we feel good. Yeah. Why? Well, we're having a moment, and that moment actually releases serotonin in our brain. Yeah. And generosity, the warmth of the giving, the recognition, that releases oxytocin. Yeah. So think, just ponder that for a second. Like, oh, no wonder I feel so great <laughs> when someone's giving me their attention, or I can see the, you know, their eyes are staring at me, and vice versa. Yeah. Because I, it's working in my brain. Yeah, yeah. So. And you can't help, but it's not one of those things that can be manufactured, right? Often no. work and, like, if you feel like there's a lack of authenticity yeah. because something's being manufactured, like some of the, the biological effect rather than the psychological effect is something you can't help. Right, exactly. That's very true. You can change behavior. I'm not sure how well we can change yeah. levels of serotonin in our brain without being medicated. So. Yeah, yeah, indeed, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I think this, this one probably plays even more so to what you're saying, actually, which is around experience management. So you bring brand experiences to life mm-hmm. for customers. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you... It gives you probably a bit of an advantage if you use it well, which, um, how have you applied some of the thinking and understanding and tools and approaches from the customer side of doing some amazing and wonderful work for your customers on the inside of the organization? So we do it exactly opposite to what you've just said. Okay. We are great with our consumers and customers because we know how to treat people right from the inside. We're empathetic internally, thus we're going to be empathetic with those consumers and what we're selling to them, rather than many, many... The way you described it is how many agencies do it, many places do it, which is clients always write, let's make more sales with the consumer. You know, okay, team, right on. Whereas we're, we're like... Okay, come on. People first, people first, people first, people first. Yeah. Empathy, empathy, empathy. Give a shit, give a shit, give a shit. Yeah. Okay, we got that internally. Do the same thing for that end consumer. Yeah. And then the client. Yeah. So I always refer to that as like exceptional brands are built from the inside out, mm-hmm. not the outside in. Mm-hmm. And often I find marketing creates a veneer over the actual brand. Yeah. So like a, this is probably solid yeah. Wood, yeah. but you know what I mean, right? Um, so maybe this is a bridge too far, but you are, you're providing services to your customers where if you believe that remains true and constant for the experience that you're creating on behalf of your customer, how are you infecting them? Because if they're, if the belief holds so true, then hopefully you're infecting your customers with this brands are built from the inside out. Make sure the interaction with your brand next, once this campaign or this effort has worked, that the experience remains consistent. Mm-hmm. And you do that by building the brand from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that you yeah. get dragged into or is, is that quite separate? 
Well, it, it's separate in that I'm not on the floor anymore, you know, working yeah. on creative briefs yeah. like I used to. Yeah. But I do get to see the end result. And that's, for example, like the Dwayne Wade yeah. Budweiser video that went out four weeks ago that yeah. is a tearjerker. Yeah. And it touches on every single heartstring because that's what we're talking about, the human yeah. experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not in those meetings anymore, but I'm well aware that I believe that there is a knock-on effect either way. Yeah. You know, doing the great work and then celebrating with the team yeah. or celebrating with the team and, and you know, clapping them up and recognizing yeah. them leads to the great work okay. you know I mean yeah. client work when you are in the service of clients it is it's not easy work yeah yeah you know, sure. you, you know clients wanted it yesterday or they want it red or they want it bigger and yeah it's it's there's nothing there's no, it's not easy it's a challenge but when you have people that come together and are focused on that cracking that brief and cracking that challenge it's just that much more juice it's juicier so i i I saw another really interesting job title the other day uh, and had had spent some time with the person which was head of people experience which spanned both marketing and hr Mm, interesting which was for a service orientated business in which the brand experience is often heavily skewed by the people's motivation engagement to enhance that experience so if you work in a hotel, the hotel is only as good as the service that you receive once you're mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. So the person was leading experience on both sides. Have you ever wow. seen like No, that? I haven't. But that's very, very cool. And I would imagine that works well at a certain size company. Certain size and more so for service-oriented companies than knowledge-based yeah. organizations. Yeah. But it was just fascinating to see that that's a that's becoming a thing. Well, what I like about that is I've, uh, we've just recently given our VP of recruiting the title of VP, VP recruiting, comma, experience. Okay. Yeah. So I like that we're on to something. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to jump to some of the more traditional HR stuff. Okay. Because we're in a market of HR technology. Lots and lots and lots of investments gone into the market. Lots of innovation. Companies really trying to tap into this sense of connection or engagement or experience or whatever we call it next week. Um, And the tools to help, some are doing a great job, some are doing less of a great job. Um, Are you a believer that technology as a medium could help foster greater levels of connection rather than inhibit it? Be great to understand your stance there because of what you do for your customers and how hopefully you're approaching it internally yeah so of course i think technology is an incredible facilitator and at times sherpa i look at things such as facebook such as um, online banking when you get to chat with someone such as obviously social media any social media yeah that's been great. We've brought communities together. LinkedIn, I mean, yep. it's a phenomenal community yeah, yeah. of what would have been strangers. Yep. And now you feel like we know you. Know, you wrote me on LinkedIn. Yeah, it is. And here we and here we are. <laughs> so I think technology, when when used for good, yeah, is fantastic. And a lot can be said about even the ATS that we use, applicant tracking system. Yep. Uh, in our, we use Greenhouse. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a phenomenal platform. Yeah. Um, Slack, phenomenal platform. So, and, and that's about connection. Yeah. And Greenhouse, by the way, is about connection as well. Yeah. It's more functional. Yeah. Uh, than Slack, for example. So, it's just like any app that you and I have on our phone. We have that there mostly for either entertainment enjoyment yeah. or to save time. Yep. Yeah. You know, Uber yeah. saves me time. Yeah. Kayak saves me time. Yeah. Those types of things. Yeah. Spotify brings me joy. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Okay. And do you think anyone's really nailing it yet in the technology that is helping you do what you dream to do in your role? Do you think anyone is really nailing it? Well, I've seen a lot of companies, you can imagine, a lot yeah. come in and pitch. And there's about three or four that I'm impressed with. The first one is Hi Bob. Okay. Uh, H-I-B-O-B. Yeah, yeah, Second yeah. one is Culture Amp. Yeah, we know that. Yep. Um, uh, 15.5, I like quite a bit. Impraise. Okay, yeah. And High Five. Okay. So I think I named five. Yeah. And all of the, what all of those do, and, they, and some of them do a lot, lot, lot more, is it's yeah. employee recognition. Yep. You know, High Five. Yeah. It's... Uh, housing what I like to call like an employee's baseball card yeah. or passport of all of their information in one yeah. place, which for me is exactly what I want. Okay, cool. You should check out Mo then because that's exactly where we started. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to <laughs> get the pitching. sales pitch. This is definitely not a pitch. Definitely not a He's pitch. writing it down. Make sure. I'm scribbling it down. I show Claude. I'm locked the door as well. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, Cool. Next thing there, next question for me is, um, in any experience, moments are kind of a big deal. Um, what's the greatest moment that you've made, made happen here by design rather than by accident? The greatest, that's a big question because I don't know if there's one in particular, but I like a few things. We celebrate our anniversary every year. Yeah. So our own... Vayner Media's okay. anniversary. Yeah. And every year, every office has their own Vaynerversary party. Yeah. And we, in the past in New York, where there's 650 people, which is our largest office, we've gone to a summer camp. Okay. And bringing people together and having games and yeah. basketball tournaments and swimming and tennis and scavenger hunts and rock climbing and seeing all of us let loose. Yeah is an incredible moment yeah. an incredible incredible moment and we have one coming up soon in july which will be our 10 year anniversary okay are you going big we're going so big is it a secret it's secret stuff okay. uh we're going very big but you'll see us on twitter because we we just hashtag yeah. the heck out of it <laughs> so that's that is a big moment and a little moment depending on how you look at it yeah but that's pure happiness and joy. Yeah. So I, I like joyful moments for sure. That one feels really good. There was a day when Gary decided that he wanted every single person in every single office to walk into their building that day, that morning, and have flowers on their desk. Right, okay. And we did it. We pulled it off in yeah. different locations across an ocean. Yeah. And that was phenomenal. Yeah, Every yeah. single person walked in and there were flowers on the desk. Why flowers? Just as a surprise and delight? Yeah. Nice. Just 
flowers. Yeah. Just recognition. For no other reason. No other reason than like... But that's a nice thing. Why don't you get... (laughs) And so how do you... You know, and by the way, there were notes that were signed by by Gary and myself. Yeah. You know, how how does that make someone feel? Yeah. It makes someone feel pretty amazing that you see me. So my moments... My moments that I'm really proud of are the ones that I'm sitting with someone and I can feel that there is movement there, there's motion, there is a breakthrough of some sort. I get chills on my face. I know it. I just know it. And that person is going to leave the room feeling better, feeling bigger, feeling stronger than they did when they came in. Yeah. So it's all it's all about joy for me. And yeah. it's very joy and optimism yeah. is where I you know, it's where you're gonna find me. Yeah. Okay, perfect. It's prompted a question for me. I, I listened to do you know Bruce Daisley? Yes, I love, love yeah. his love his podcast. Perfect. So we had he was our first ever actually on a podcast. Oh, that's great. Um, he is great. One of his uh, podcasts he was talking to a guy on evidence based management. Hmm. Um, and the discussion was, is the investment in this topic of engagement and connection, is it for moral good or performance? So are you making this as a conscious decision because you want people to feel great or because you believe that if they feel great, they'll perform better? Okay. Understand? So, yeah, I do understand it. I, I'm going to say something out loud. I'm going to go on record. I don't use the phrase employee often, if you notice. I yeah. use the phrase people. Yeah. And I rarely use the phrase employee engagement. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't stick for me. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say that. We are extremely, extremely prescriptive in how we treat people. Yeah. Period. And if that happens to lead to the greater good of yeah. humankind, even better. If that happens to lead to profitability, even better. Yeah. But people first. Take care of the people, and then those other things happen. So yeah. that's that's my answer there. So I completely agree with you. I think the, the basis of the argument was if it is intended to enhance performance, it will cause you to make the wrong decisions. Of course it will. It's the wrong... It's, it's, you're not doing it with the right intention. Yeah. You're doing it. It's it's you're hiding the motive. Yeah. Well, yeah, just yeah, say, yeah. hey, I'm going to treat you well because I want you to go out there and crush it. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, at least I know <laughs> yeah. what my expectation exactly. is. Exactly. But if you're dangling a carrot and then you think I'm supposed to guess yeah. that this is going to, yeah, blah, 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 you know, like forget that. I'm, yeah. not, you know, that yeah, we're perfect. asking people to work too hard. Yeah. No, perfect. Um, given your last on-record statement around the term employee engagement, <laughs> uh, this is probably a perfect one, which is this whole thread and, uh, of engagement or connection or experience leading to engagement as an outcome or um, this sense of uh, employee happiness. Um, all of these terms are bloating and understanding, all of the research and insight and information available on the topic is making it quite complicated. And then you've got a lot of people that are hinging their effect on people in the workplace to be one of those terms in the way that they describe what they do. Um, When you strip it back to the simple things, like what's your advice for 
through a human lens, through that of the person sat on the desk just outside, like what are your three kind of significant things that you would suggest that people really focus on, the things that really matter, just to finish us off, if that's okay. Listening. Big one. Yeah. That person over there has a ton to share if yeah. someone just asks the questions. Yeah. And listen, like literally listen to the answer. You're going to get so much information, so much data, so much gold. Yeah. That's the first thing. Acting. So that person over there is going to tell me a lot of things. Yeah. I'm going to have a decision to do something with that. If you are in a if you're in a position of of leadership, yeah. then I can do something. I can make his existence better. I can and yeah. if I'm making it better for him, I know it's going to make it better Sometimes. for 20 other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that yeah. because that's just how cultures are. Yeah. So that's the other thing. And the um the sec- the third thing is if you are not consciously hiring for diversity, if you are not consciously and intentionally, you are unintentionally, subconsciously, fill in the blanks, ignoring the issue. Yeah. And it's too late. Yeah. It's too late in the day to be ignoring what is very simple, which is any, any company needs to be exemplifying the macrocosm. And the macrocosm is a multitude of different people, shapes, sizes, all the yeah. above, and need to have that on the forefront because that in itself creates belonging. And when you don't do it, it creates ambi- ambiguity. Yeah. And what does ambiguity do? It creates confusion for people. Yeah. So that's my third Perfect. We've got a podcast in the next two or three on um, diversity and equality. Amazing. Um, That's us done. All right. We We did it. Great.